This is the update with Brandon Julian, reporting tonight on the road. And a very pleasant Friday to you, Brandon Julian, here aboard the Samuel L. Newhouse of the Staten Island Ferry. We have a lot of news to get to this Friday, including the latest coronavirus developments. With the total number of cases in the city over 57,000 and the total of state cases overall over 102,000, Mayor de Blasio is now calling for a national enlistment program for doctors and nurses to handle an unexpected surge in cases in New York and other places around the country. De Blasio told MSNBC that the military should organize a program to approve medical personnel where they are needed. He said on CNN that the country is fighting, quote, an invisible enemy and should be on a wartime footing. More than 1,500 people in the city have died of the virus. There have been nearly 50, over 57,000 confirmed cases and more than 10,000 hospitalizations. Many funeral homes here in New York and around the globe are now in crisis as they're trying to meet the surging demand amid the pandemic. Funeral directors are being squeezed on one side by inundated hospitals trying to offload bodies, and on the other by the fact that cemeteries and crematoriums are booked for a week at least. Pat Marmos's company in Brooklyn is equipped to handle 40 to 60 cases at a time with no problem. Yesterday morning, he was taking care of 185. He and others are desperate for help. At the same time, as more and more people are surviving the virus, hospitals are wanting them to line up to donate blood. Doctors want to use the blood plasma recovered from COVID-19 patients to treat the sick, giving them a dose of the immune system antibodies that fight the virus but there's no actual proof that it works. But doctors around the world are dusting all the century-old treatment most famously used during the 1918 flu pandemic. Studies are now being planned to test blood plasma against regular care in sick patients and to prevent infections among people at high risk of exposure, including healthcare workers. There's also new data that shows that the pandemic is hitting hard, especially in some New York City neighborhoods. Data that was released late Wednesday by City Health officials show that residents in the immigrant-rich Jackson Heights, Elmhurst, and Corona sections of Queens have tested positive for the virus at higher rates than in wealthy, mostly white parts of Manhattan and Brooklyn. An associated press demographic analysis, however, shows little consistency in where the COVID outbreaks have occurred. Other places, just as poor and just as crowded, have had it easier. Meanwhile, the state is now racing to roughly triple its hospital capacity as the cases continue to surge. There is a coronavirus ward in tents in Central Park, and a makeshift hospital has been set up at the Jacob Javits Center. Spaces, including pro tennis courts, college dorms, and a cruise ship terminal, are supposed to start housing patients over the next few weeks. Still, officials are worrying whether the massive effort will be enough in the epicenter of the pandemic. The leaders underscore that they need not just beds, but equipment, medical personnel, 
and also supplies. We've learned that Kevin Thomas Duffy, a longtime judge who presided over three major New York terrorism trials in the 1990s, has died of the virus. He was 87 years old. The district court executive in Manhattan Federal Court said that Duffy died on Wednesday at Greenwich Hospital in Connecticut. Duffy made relatively quick work of the trial of the four men who conspired to bomb the World Trade Center in February of 1993. All were convicted in the bombing that killed six people and injured hundreds more. The trial started less than six months after the attack. He also presided over the later trials of the bombings as mastermind Ramizi Youssef. All the defendants are serving life prison terms. In the state capitol in Albany, lawmakers yesterday were trying to finalize a state budget that was aimed at keeping state government running amid the crisis that has hammered the city and upended the economy. Seated far apart from one another in the largely vacant chamber, the lawmakers took some final votes on budget bills. The exact size of the budget for next year was unclear, but it will end up smaller than the $178 billion that was originally proposed by Governor Cuomo. Democratic Senate leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins said that the budget is, quote, not the budget that any of us hoped to pass at the beginning of the session. And Takashi 69 the rapper, has finally caught a break. A judge ordered him immediately freed from a Manhattan federal jail because his asthma puts him in, jail, puts him in danger of the coronavirus. U.S. District Judge Paul Engelmeyer ruled yesterday that the 23-year-old performer, his real name is Daniel Hernandez, can serve the last four months of his two-year prison sentence in home confinement. The judge sentenced the rapper back in December after he cooperated with prosecutors against members of the Nine Trey Gangsta Bloods gang. Without cooperation, he would have faced a mandatory minimum of 37 years in prison for crimes that include orchestrating a shooting in which an innocent bystander was wounded. There is other news of this day to get to, and we will address those when the update returns in just 30 seconds. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. The other news of this Friday comes from the Tribeca Film Festival. It's been postponed by the pandemic, and it's now moving some of its annual New York event online. Organizers say today that much of the planned programming will be available to the public or entertainment industry over roughly the same day that the festival would have taken place this month. That restores, at least in part, a showcase that filmmakers and artists were relying on. The 19th Tribeca Film Festival had been scheduled for April 15th through the 26th. The the festival was created after 9-11, and co-founder Jane Rosenthal said it's difficult to not host a gathering during such a time of need. 
Time for us to step aside for a moment. When we return on the update this Friday, we're going to talk sports and how more things have been postponed. And then we will talk national news, including a rather interesting part of a debate on history. Should MLK's trespassing arrest during a sit-in at a whites-only dining room in an Atlanta department store be expunged? The prosecutor wants to do so, but civil rights leaders say they shouldn't. We'll address that and more when the update with Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that's just got me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Listen to us on Mixcloud to learn more about the stories that matter to you. And did you miss out on any episode of The Update? Listen to us anytime at Mixcloud.com slash the WKRB Update. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking sports on this Friday. The WNBA has now postponed the start of their season because of the pandemic. And there's no indication on when play would begin. The league was scheduled to open training camps on April 26th and the regular season set to begin May 15th. They'll still hold a virtual draft on April 17th. Two WNBA cities, though, are major hotspots for the virus, New York and Seattle. The WNBA was set to begin their 24th season and it's the longest running professional women's sports league. And overseas in Tokyo, the Japanese professional baseball and soccer seasons are going to be further delayed as the country continues to grapple with the outbreak. Japanese professional baseball had been aimed to open the season on April 24th after previously pushing it back from March 20th. After a meeting of the joint NPB and J-League Coronavirus Task Force, uh, Japanese baseball commissioner asked Atsushi Saito, I couldn't get that right, says that there's no option but to postpone opening day again. Let's talk some national news now this Friday. Down in Orlando in Florida, Walt Disney officials are announcing that they'll start furloughing some workers in two weeks at its theme parks resorts in Florida and California. The company said late yesterday that the first wave of furloughs will start April 19th and involve workers whose jobs aren't necessary at this time. Anyone who's furloughed will remain, though, a Disney employee. The statement didn't say, though, exactly how many of Walt Disney World's 75,000 employees or Disneyland's 31,000 workers would be furloughed. The company has been paying workers and providing health care benefits at a theme park resort since the parks closed in mid-March, because of coronavirus concerns. 
There's been a debate over the use of masks. The jury is still out. Mayor de Blasio here in the city says that it's recommended, but the state health commissioner, Howard Zucker, says that there's no evidence that it helps. However, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top U.S. infectious disease official, says that the better part of valor is that people should wear some kind of facial covering when they go out if they can't maintain the recommended six-foot social distancing to slow the spread. Fauci, though, is making clear that the emerging new guidance from the Trump administration isn't intended to take away from the availability of medical-grade masks that are needed for healthcare providers. The recommendations are expected to apply at least to those who, lo- who live in areas that have been hit hard by community transmission of the virus. The non-medical masks might be t-shirts or bandanas. We've learned tragically today that singer Bill Withers has died. He wrote and sang a string of soulful songs in the 1970s that have stood the test of time, including Lean On Me, Lovely Day, and Ain't No Sunshine. According to a statement released from his family to the Associated Press, the 81-year-old died in Los Angeles from heart complications. His beloved song, Lean On Me, was performed at the presidential inaugurations of Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. Lately, though, people have posted videos of their their versions of the song as inspiration during the coronavirus pandemic. And finally, in Atlanta, a county prosecutor in Georgia, in other news, says that he will expunge Martin Luther King Jr.'s record for a 1960 trespassing arrest during a sit-in at a whites-only dining room inside an Atlanta department store. Fulton County Solicitor General Keith Grange told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that he also wants to erase the records of all other civil rights workers arrested while protesting racial segregation in Atlanta. But some civil rights advocates said that these civil disobedience arrests are part of history and badges of honor. Trespassing charges were dropped within days after King was arrested on October 19, 1960 at Rich's department store. A thought for today is from Graham Greene, a British author, born in 1904 and died in 1991. I didn't invent the world I write about. It's all true. I'm going to let you guys ponder on that as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that is the way it is. Friday, April the 3rd, 2020. That is the update this Friday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you joining us. Good luck. Be safe. Be well. Hope your news is good news. And I'll see you back here tomorrow.